it off with a little story. The other day, Ruth was telling me, Mom, I really wish my friend was part of our family. Then I could hang out with her and I could talk to her all the time. And I told her, Ruth, when you ask Jesus into your heart, you become part of the family of God. And that means there are people all over the world who are all part of the same family. Isn't that cool? And she was flabbergasted. She was blown away. She was like, we're going to be in the same family? I said, yeah.
and we're going to work our way through over the next uh, several weeks on a long book. Remember some of the, the smaller letters in the Testament chapter. And these particular, like these four, and we'll see them in the March of the first of the This morning we're going to start literally right at the beginning of the book of Galatians, and I know in some studies, some series, a lot of times they'll just skip this preamble. And most of the letters to the churches have similar introductions. At least on the surface, they're very similar. But if you begin to look at them in a little bit more detail, you see some striking and important differences in the way that Paul addresses these letters to the churches. And most of the time, he is either correcting where they've gone off an error. You know, we think about the, the church today, Christianity today, thinking maybe evangelicalism today, which has kind of become now a, a, a bad word. Written words given to us as a gift to maintain 
in us through our walk with Christ until such time as we will be joined to the faith. And so, uh, it's, uh, the book of Galatians, this letter was probably written somewhere around 
talking about this particular book that I think is that in some of the others where Paul writes and he's addressing conflicts or, or incorrect teachers in the church or that he's drifting in a certain direction that, that God would not honor. He's kind of careful in his language and he draws metaphors and he, and he tries to coach people back to saying, listen, this is right to the point. And a lot of it revolves around the issue that's arising. And, and just to kind of give you the, the broad picture because we're going to get into the, the, the details of it later, the issue here was in this church you had believers who had come from Judaism, being Jews, born Jews, who had received Christ and believed in Christ. But because they were Jews, they were under the Abrahamic covenant, which meant that all of the men were circumcised. There were also believers who were Gentiles, who were of all kinds of other things. And if you go back and look at circumcision, the command given back all the way back in the Old Testament, the whole point of the, the act of circumcision was to set apart the Jews from everyone else. This would be a practice that they would practice, but no one else would practice. And so these Gentiles, none of them were circumcised. What began to happen within this community was that the Jews, who were also very learned in the things of the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, they began to bring in some of the laws that they were growing up with that were beyond the things that Moses and Aaron did, were beyond the two great commandments. And they said, you know, that law was pretty good. We should, we should still obey that law. And you guys who didn't grow up like us, you have to obey that law. And one of those was that all of the men had to be circumcised to get the And Paul comes to speak against this. Now understand, Paul is a member of the, the religious community of the Jews. Paul was circumcised. Paul knew the law. Paul probably knew it better than most anyone within this conversation. And this was so offensive to him, he felt that he had to write this letter. And he wrote it as strong as he could. Alright, so that's where this is going. And there's so much wonderful stuff about the grace of God that comes up through the book of Galatians that we could talk this morning if you want. But we're just going to deal today with the first five verses. And I've got just a few truths that I want you to pull out of here because I think it's easy to blow past this because it's kind of like it's a genuine deer tag. That's basically what he's writing here. He's writing to dear churchy folks that he's with. And he's Paul. And he's writing the letter. And it, and it kind of comes off that way if we just blow through it. But if we look at it in a little bit more detail, there's some really great stuff here. So, he starts out with Paul, an apostle. So he's going to stop right there, the first, the first little list. Paul, an apostle. Right away, Paul is putting down his stake in the ground and saying, I have a voice of authority here that you should respect and should give weight to what I'm about to tell you. Because I am a unique class. Remember, uh, in the gifts that we can find in some of the other 
set apart in a special way. If you don't know the story of Paul, you can go back uh, later today, go back to uh, the book of Acts and find his story of how he came to know Christ. It's dramatic. And all the brothers who are with you. So the 
others have kind of signed on to what he's about to say. So as they've discussed it, they've heard the stories, they've heard the conflict that's happening, and they've had a conversation. He's had conversations with some of the other uh, disciples probably because he's been in communication with some of them as they're working all throughout Asia Minor and all of the churches. And they've come together and they've had a conversation and said, does this thing that's happened in the church of Galatia, does that sound right to you? up with the gospel that you received directly from Jesus Christ, and we're going to address it. So he says, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So that word grace there is the same word that's used in Ephesians 2 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith. In the New Testament, we see the word grace translated from the Greek, it is this same word literally every time it's perished. And we think of grace, and it's true, we say, what, 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 is, what does it mean that God gives us grace, and we come up with definitions like the one that's most popular, it's unmerited favor, right? It's, it's kindness and mercy and righteousness that I can't do anything to deserve, but God gives it to me because he loves me. Because I have chosen to love him. And that's what God, I think, we love him because he first loved us. We respond to that love. And that is that is an example, that is an action of grace, God's unmerited favor. But I love this this expanded meaning, this deeper meaning. It means to be divinely influenced. So when Paul says, grace to you. Christians be rebellious towards God? 
will sometimes go on to fight with this will. And it might not be something major, but it could be. And that causes turmoil within us. And it puts us in a place where it's difficult for us to be divinely influenced by what God is trying to tell us to do for so he is 100% preloading a, a portion of this congregation to hear some tough words that they're probably not going to like. But he's telling them it's the truth, and I want you to be designed to answer it. I want you to be part of this bigger change. And I want it to bring confusion. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in English, when we read that, it's kind of like, like my phone. It's me. Like I don't have one, but I need to say from God. That's in Christian and Greek.
myself. I don't know why. But I can find out what the word glory means. It's got a lot of decimal things. So we're talking about the, the Greek word for glory. Honor, praise, dignity, worship, opinion, judgment, view, estimation. In the New Testament, when, when that word is used concerning someone, like God, a person, it is always intended to promote a good opinion concerning that one. That results in praise and honor. It acknowledges that the one to whom the worship and the praise and the honor is being given is full of splendor. belongs to him as the supreme ruler majesty in the sense of the absolute perfection of his government.